Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in rural Monticello. This is Sunday, August 21st, 2022. This service was recorded August the 14th, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Doreen Boken. Thank you to Mark and Debbie Hine for sponsoring this week's broadcast in celebration of their 48th wedding anniversary. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Welcome to this 10th Sunday after Pentecost. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. You'll find this on page 94 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, judge eternal, you love justice and hate oppression. You call us to share your zeal for truth. Give us courage to take our stand with all the victims of bloodshed and greed and following your servants and prophets to look to the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's word. Good morning. Our first reading is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 23 to 29. Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I can see them, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what prophets had said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long? <clears throat> Will the hearts of prophets ever turn back? Those who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart. They plan to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, just as their ancestors forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. 
but let the one who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, says the Lord, is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. The word of the Lord. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you but rather division. From now on, five in the household will be divided, and three against two, and two against three, and they will be divided. Father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see the cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to invite the children to come forward, some of the youth who are here with us. We're going to give this a try. And... uh, Come on up, have a seat. I'm glad that you have come this morning. When we first started out, I was wondering if anybody was showing up for church today. And we all came in. Look at how many people are here. Look at the youth that are joining us. Thank you. Thank you for that. We've heard some things. This is Boken, Doreen Boken, read from our Old Testament lesson. And we heard that uh, God's word is like a hammer. And so I thought for illustration purposes uh, that this would be a working children's sermon. And so do you see what's up on this top step? A toolbox. And so let's see what's in this toolbox this morning. This is Craig's toolbox. I didn't get permission to grab it this morning. But what did I find in the toolbox but a... Hammer. So Craig must do some building around here at the church. Uh, guys, I think we have a safety issue here. Um, it, the neck is a little uh, loose. I think Craig needs a new hammer, just saying. And uh, come on up. We're so glad you're here. I, um, I received a stone, and uh, this came from the Zumb- Zumba farm. I think, Gary, you gave this to me. And... Uh, What's so interesting is when you till up the ground, the, the, the disc uh, scrapes some of the rocks. And I don't know if you can see this, but on this rock, there is the shape of what? Say it loud. A cross. A cross. And so um, God says that his word, his love for the world, his word that he's giving is as strong as a hammer that crushes a rock, Right? And it falls into all of these what? Pieces. I'm going to invite you each to take one of these pieces. All right. Beautiful. Now, 
is you take these pieces. What does it say on your rock? It says peace. Peace. Joy. Joy. Love. Love. These are things of God. This is God's word for us. God is love. And his love burns like a fire for us. And God's love is stubborn. God's love is stubborn. He never gives up. God is always loving us. And uh, so I want to, real quick, before I talk about stubborn, how do we measure, what would be a good measuring tool to measure God's love? Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. Landon, will you take one end of this and go to that end of the sanctuary, and I'll go to this, and let's see if we can measure God's love. Is it about that long? A little bit longer, about like that? No? You, you want to keep going? Oh my gosh. You think that measures God's love? No, because, it had, because the measuring tape is not going farther. Oh! <laughs> Thank you, Landon. Thank you. Here we go. You can let her go. I think it'll come to me. We, uh, we can't measure God's love, can we? God's love is so immense, so immense, that it is ridiculously stubborn. And no matter what we do, no matter what we do, God still what? Loves us. Loves us. And so um, um, I got to witness some stubbornness this week. Wayne, are you out there? Kurt, you out there? You ready for this? Okay. I witnessed some stubbornness. There were two uh, gentlemen who are members of this congregation, and they did a good thing. They had been noticing that our bell tower, one of our bells, has not been ringing for many, many years. And so we were so delighted. They uh, took it upon themselves and they worked with Hup out of uh, Marion. And they worked on this old, old motor and got it going. And they went up to the bell and they mounted it. And it worked beautifully. The next day the pastor was so excited that uh, he went and shared with the mother of the bride. We're going to ring these bells to, uh, tomorrow. This was for a rehearsal on Friday. We're going to ring these bells when the, when the kids get married. And uh, I fired it up, and both the bells rang on cue, and then the small bell quit in the middle of the ringing. And I, I felt bad to say anything, but uh, I did get word out that uh, they stopped ringing. Well, these two gentlemen show up on Saturday morning, early, and uh, before pastor was even out of bed, the bell was ringing, but not all of it. And so um, all of a sudden, these guys were going up and down the ladder. They were spraying lubricant in there. They were working it. They brought it down. They took it apart. They scrubbed on it. They ran a towel through the boring hole to dry it out. They, um, they, the one thing I, they didn't do, I did not hear them curse it, but they, they worked stubbornly hard 
and uh, the ideas were flowing and, and ideas were flowing out of it and uh, they were bound and determined. They were stubborn. They were stubborn in a good way. Not stubborn like people who continue to sin and want no relationship with God, but they were stubborn in a good way, like God's stubbornness and his love to us and for us. And so you're not going to believe this. And when people leave the church, they're going to look up now. But there is a mallet head, about three pounds, wrapped in five pounds of chain on the tolling gong. (laughs) The what? The clapper. <laughs> and uh, after all of their work, and all of their work, it was time, it's time, Doug. All of their work, and it was 11.15. They had arrived before 8 a.m. No, I think it was 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> no, maybe it was 5. At 11.15, this is what we heard. Now we have not heard those bells ring like that in the time that I've been with you and I've been with you seven and a half years. And so to, due to their stubbornness and they will, eventually the, the chain and the mallet will be changed into something that might look a little more cosmetic up there but they got it to go and we got to ring the bells. And even more stubborn than these men who took it upon themselves to do this wonderful thing. God is much more stubborn in that he loves us. And he loves us so much that he was willing to send his own son to die on the cross for us. That's our children's message this morning. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, your word is like a rock. And your word is love, joy, peace, patience, and gentleness. Your word is good for our lives. And Lord, you are stubborn to the point of dying for us to give us life, not only now, but the gift of eternal life. And for that, we give you thanks. And we give you thanks for these youth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give our youth a hand as well. All right. You can go on back. Can we keep the rock? Yeah. You can keep the rock um, in a safe place. Keep the rock in a safe place place. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I was wondering how it was all going to go. It's been quite a week. Um, It's been a a wonderful week, actually, as we think about um, God's love for us and uh, that we have uh, two beautiful, wonderful, kind and gentle and loving men who have died and we've lifted up their lives and we remember the gift of our baptism we remember the promise before us. And then our wedding couple, it was, so it was, that was Niall and, and uh, Bill. And then our wedding couple uh, yesterday, uh, Riley and, and Mason. As, as, we, as Doreen was reading these, um, these scriptures from the Old Testament, and as we collectively shared responsibly in, in reading the psalm, there were two words that really stuck, stuck, uh, stuck out to me. Two words that just kind of hit me. And they were, how long? How long? 
How long, O oh Lord, will you judge unjustly? How long, Lord, will you allow for us to suffer? And then, after how long, was followed by the words, Will you? Will your heart reject me? How long will you judge unjustly? How long? This week's we readings are harsh and, and they cut to the chase. They, 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 they cut to those who we know in life who mislead, who take advantage of, who and sometimes could care less about humanity. We take all of ourselves and we're master of none. We take all for ourselves and are master of none. We divide and we conquer, all at a cost, placing no value on the life of others. We see bullying happening on the playgrounds. Even after we've done so much education about caring for our neighbor and the aggression that's acted out on the world theater, we see it on our television and most recently the people of Ukraine. And we say, how long? God expresses his displeasure of the wrongful doing of his people, especially the prophets, or the so-called prophets, those who use the misguided power, power to use the name of the Lord in spewing lies. Can you believe it? How angry God must be with his creation. They're speaking on behalf of God untruths. So angry is God, Jeremiah gets an earful, a lifetime of God's anger in a moment's time of what's happening in the world. Listen to God's wrath in these words found in Jeremiah. How long will the hearts of the prophets Ever turn back those who prophesy lies and deceits of their own hearts? I see their plan, says the Lord. They want people to forget my name. They want to have them follow pagan worship of idols like Baal, made in the image of a golden calf. These are not prophets. I remember one time sharing in worship, um, what is a true prophet? And there are three things that center around what makes a prophet a prophet. And number one, a prophet receives a vision, a dream, or a word from God. Well, you could be a true prophet and a false prophet and still have that one, maybe, huh? Claims God's message to the people, and it has to be a message in their own vernacular language, it has to be someone from their own tribe, from their own village. Well, that could happen too. And the third is that the message is both delivered and it happens as God said it would. Anything less is a false prophet who is only interested in gaining self-guided pride and prestige. Well, the prophet and the false prophet may appear to look the same, like straw and wheat, one holds the word of God, which is truth and fire. The living word of God that 
stamps out and crushes sin like a hammer crushes a rock to pieces. The second claim in today's psalm is God, who is the righteous judge, appears to be silent. The wicked go free and continue to cause affliction on others. How long, cries the psalmist, will you, God, judge unjustly and let them get away with evil deeds upon your people? Save us, Lord. Defend us. People are stubborn. People are stubborn in their sinning ways. You pick up the newspaper and the front paper is the front page of the paper is usually reserved for those wonderful things that are happening in our community. Hopefully, good things. They have the biggest picture. They have a nice spread on it, and it's going to continue later on in the paper. Now, I don't know if Pete and, and the editors at the Monticello Express say this is what happens on our front page. But every once in a while, we also have on the front page a tragedy that has happened. But you don't have a big picture, necessarily, and it will take you maybe somewhere else. But as you pick up the paper, or a, a magazine, or um, you do your your Facebook feed, you see the negative things that are happening in this world. But here's the other thing. God seems just as stubborn in staying silent, according to the psalmist here. Turning to our Hebrew passage, we are given a powerful history lesson of those who have remained faithful to God and God's promise. Surely God will bless them. But I want you to notice in verse 39, in, in Hebrews 11, 39. Yet all of these, all of these who put out their lives, were faithful to God, though they were commended for their faith, they did not receive what was promised. They did not receive what was promised. No, they did not. They died before Christ came. The Messiah. The promised Messiah. Verse 40. Since God has provided something better, something more glorious, something that is so life-giving, what appeared to be God's stubbornness, God's silence, was rather God's perfect timing. God's love for all of humanity. You see, the heroes of Israel were made perfect. That is, brought into the presence of God together with us by the means of sacrifice of the great high priest, Jesus, our resurrection hope. So the people of old time, the people in the Old Testament are right there with the New Testament and us as we carry out our lives, one not better than the other. We all receive the promise in God's perfect timing. We are the children of God, Jew and Greek, Gentile. We are all children of God. The promise did come. God in the flesh, living among us, 
Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, took on humanity, who was without sin, was condemned to die at our hands, crucified on the cross, willingly laid down his life, dying for our sins, the sins of Jacob and his family, Israel, the Jews, and the Gentiles, and us, and Nile, and Bill, and Gary, Gary Moe, Jody, James' father died this week too. And as it appeared, for those heroes of faith, it appeared that Jesus wasn't there. And more questions about the Messiah, but three days. Is Jesus the Messiah? Did Jesus die in vain? But three days later, God raised from the ashes of death. Jesus was alive. God's stubbornness to go to the length of humanity from birth to death gives us the gift of eternal life. He did not come to reset the earth. Jesus did not come to reset the earth, to put it back to where it was in the Garden of Eden, but came to restore God's kingdom on earth and in heaven. So I see these texts, difficult texts, and coming and dividing and conquering, and that Jesus' came to bring division because the precious gift, we can only speak of what it is that Jesus has done for each and every one of us, not with our heads, but with our hearts. And some of us speak with our head, and some of us speak with our hearts, and sometimes we speak with our hearts, Sometimes we speak with our heads. We're human. It's humanity. And caught up in all of that is sin. And sin sometimes in enters pride. Division. We put ourselves before others. But Jesus came. The Son of God. Eternally begotten of the Father. Came. And where did Jesus spend time with? Was it with those who were doing so well in the, loyal, in the royalty? Did he come because it was all about God's kingdom? Or did Jesus come and spend time with the peasants? And with those who had disease and they were outcast and thrown out of the village? Where did Jesus spend his time as we read the scriptures? But those who were last, lost, and least. And Jesus came for you. Have the strength that when someone asks you about your faith to say, yes, I believe in Jesus and that he died for me and that I too will receive the gift of the resurrection as those of all the saints who have gone before us. And oh, what a wonderful and heavenly banquet it will be. Today we're not going to have communion. 
But every time we have communion, we have it not only with us in this congregation, but we have it with all the saints who've gone before us in Christ himself. And so with that, let us sing a song that we all know. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Let us share the affirmation of our faith as is found in the Apostles' Creed. I'll invite you to rise. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Let us stand and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you a favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.